same China, different stories. Rio's a one, one found their way in a new life. Adopted babies, adopted babies from China. We are here on another episode of ABC Adopted Babies from China. I am here with somebody from the underrepresented category of Chinese adoptees, which also makes me very excited. You know what? I'll let you just introduce yourself. Give, give your name, your story, tell us all about your adoption and how it feels to be underrepresented. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, my name is Yinjin, and I am twenty-three. And I am from I'm adopted from China from Beijing, and on top of being I guess part of the minority from adopted from China, but or I'm also I was also adopted at an old at an older age, unlike most of the women who have been adopted from China. Typically, they're all babies, but I was adopted four. Yeah, so and I was adopted with a white um, a mom and a dad, and um, I first after leaving China, I moved to LA. Or my parents were living in LA, so I lived in LA for six years, and then we moved to Seattle in 2007. Um, and so we've and I've been living here ever ever since. No, I have three siblings, two younger who are also adopted. Younger sisters also, well, both of them are also from China. Uh, my younger sister is just recently turned 21. She was also adopted at four, and my younger brother is also from China, and he is 19. I think yeah, nineteen. We were all adopted at older ages. So as I said, like I was adopted at four. My sister's also at four, and then my brother was at six. And one thing I've kind of noticed about males, typically, I'm not saying that's true for every single male, mm-hmm. but I as it's at least true for uh, my brother and I. But we both had like physical defects. I had heart surgery when I was fifteen months, I think, um, and my brother was deaf in one year, and so he had to get ear surgery. Um, within the first year of him coming back to the U.S., but yeah, so I think overall. Oh, and then also I have an older sister who's from my dad's previous marriage, so she's technically my, my half older sister. But yeah, so like growing up, both my parents were very open about adoption. They were never really, you know, they were never they never really thought of it as like a taboo. They were just kind of like, if you have any questions, you know, let us know. Um, they also let us, well, not let us, but forced us to do Chinese school. So I was in, and I did Chinese school for 16 years and I really hated it every, every day I went. Um, and unfortunately doing this Chinese, or unfortunately doing Chinese school, it always is on Saturday, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. That kind of prohibited me from doing any sports up until high school. Um, because, you know, I, I was interested in doing soccer or baseball, you know, all those, you know, typical like you know, soccer, baseball, whatever other sports happen on Saturday afternoons slash Sundays, weekend stuff, I guess. And I never really did any of that, uh, any of those kinds of sports because of Chinese school. Um, so I guess in a way, my parents were very, even though, well, I guess even though they were like, they looked white, they still treated us like we were Asian. Well, treated us like we were, or raised us like we were still in like an Asian household. I see, I see. So. Do you do you know why your parents decided to adopt at an older age versus like babies? I think both of them. Well, it's more on my mom, I think, but I think she understood that. Well, from the start, when my parents got together, or 
that got together, they knew that they wanted to have kids. And my mom knew for sure she wanted to have kids, but I'm not really sure if she could have kids, but like physically. So I think she wanted to adopt, but I think she understood that there are kids who needed to be adopted at an older age. And I think that for her, it was really important to be able to adopt kids at an older age, to, to, I guess, to actually, I don't really know. I mean, aside from just, she wanted older kids, I think that's just kind of what she wanted. So, yeah. Oh, and also a really interesting fact is so. With, with adoption, you send in your referrals, whatever, you apply, you get referrals, whatever, blah, blah, and then you get like a notice for when, I guess, the, the kid that you're gonna get, right? Yeah. And my my mom found out that she was gonna adopt, well, both my parents found out that they were gonna adopt me on 9-11, which is a really interesting day to find out that you're gonna have a kid, basically. <laughs> so that's a, just a little fun fact there. So it's kind of like a bittersweet day for both of them. Well, yeah, both of them. Uh, yeah. Okay. I asked that because I, I was, I also was adopted at four to get older. You don't necessarily want to have children or yeah. it's a toss up if it's going to be a girl or a boy. So it's massive. Yeah. And I, and I think for both my parents, my mom was 37 or 38 and my dad was like 35, 36. So they were definitely like at getting to that age where I think they just were kind of petering out and not being able to probably have kids physically. I mean, and I think overall, like they've been really great. They raised us really well, and I, th I think the way that they raised us, it was really, you know, I, I really liked it. And yeah, I'm assuming they set you all up to be able to make your own decisions and be independent once you're an adult, right? That's ideally, hopefully, what parents do. Right? Ideally, yes, <laughs> ideally, ideally, yeah. But I guess in a way, so I guess this is where we come into the issues with my parents, but they thought. Like they let me be more independent. Like it's, I guess in a way it's, it's very reversed because I was, they were, they let me be very independent as a kid up until like, I guess like uh, mid high school. Um, and then that's when my mom started becoming like really controlling and manipulative and just like, she just didn't trust like anything, I guess, and didn't trust me and didn't trust the, just things in general. And so she'd always constantly, you know, ask me where I am what am I doing? You know, like, it's weird because I feel like in, it'd be the other way around, you know, because like the older I got, the more, the more concerned she got. Um, whereas I feel like typically, I feel like you would be more concerned with, with your kid at a younger age than at an older age. But other than your older sister from like a previous mm -hmm. relationship, you would be the oldest son or oldest child. Yeah, well, so I'm my mom's oldest child. And I think that, may, I mean, in a way it makes sense that like, yeah, I, yeah, I think it just overall, like, I I think me being her oldest child, I think that kind of makes it hard for her to like, let go, makes, makes it hard yeah. for her to just, I, I guess, accept the fact that like, I'm at a, at a point in my life where I can make my own decisions. I'm, I mean, now I'm living on my own. I'm not living at home with my parents, which is, thank God, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but anyways, no, it's just, you know, I think, and, and I think the issue, you know, I guess the problems, I mean, I'm like probably like many other adoptees and their parents, like you know, I have my own issues with my own, my own parents. And right now, like, you know, I'm not really on talking terms with my parent, with my mom, mainly mm -hmm. just cause like, she's been super controlling, super manipulative, you know, assuming that like, always assuming the worst and just, you know, just asking me also like, asking me to like do things like right there and then where instead of like oh when you have time please do this or 
be like mm-hmm. it's more like oh do this like right now stop what you're doing and do this like go pick up your sister or go pick up your brother or do these chores I'm like well, excuse me like I'm in the middle of doing something like I can't just drop what I'm doing you know mm. so it's just it's just a bunch of stupid like Seems I guess like family things but oh yeah I'm sure it's rude in quite a few things sounds like control and then maybe like the insecurity that she's projecting and it's just overwhelming to be on the receiving end I'm sure it definitely is yeah it's just it's a pain in the ass honestly yeah you you actually unpacked a lot in your introduction I was like, oh okay i didn't realize that you you had heart surgery mm-hmm. obviously you wouldn't remember that i mean who would it yeah i don't remember that but i do have a scar like a giant ass scar uh... down the, the middle of my chest um and it was it was more prominent obviously when i was younger but yeah um yeah i mean it's just been you know it's that's oh and I, I will say, I guess, another thing about my daughter that I got her tattoo back in November, on actually exactly on November 1st, and it's actually the coordinates of Beijing, where I'm from, and then also the character and of also Beijing. Says, nice. Beijing. And yeah, I was just like, because I think I kind of wanted a tattoo for the last few years, um, and I was like, you know, I'm trying to decide what I want. And I think I saw this design on Google of just like a coordinates of something, and I was like, hmm, I might want, I might want to steal that, so I saw it. <laughs> How'd you go about choosing the font and everything? Was that just sort of? I think when I was choosing the font, I think it was more kind of just like, I don't know. I, I wanted something that was like super simple and not too intricate. Right. Um, and I think that this font was the, was the easiest, you know, wasn't mm-hmm. too complicated, I guess. But apparently straight lines for t- tattoo artists are kind of hard. But mm-hmm. at least my artist, did. she did a really good job at this. So I'm really proud of it, so. Are you going to get more tattoos now that you've started? You think you think you're gonna go down oh, that path? Probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna be like completely tatted all over the place, but I definitely want to get enough. Uh, maybe like one or two more. And actually, I was thinking about. Um, I might actually kind of sell this idea for my brother, but I want to get a tattoo with my name in Chinese and both my siblings' names in Chinese too, kind of like in like a like a list kind of thing. For me, like I want, I want to get tattoos that actually mean something that are important to me, and I don't want to just get something that would just be, you know, because like I felt like it or right. something, that's something I got on on a whim, you know, because right. it's it's gonna be on your body for the rest of your life. So yeah, but, it's pretty pricey yeah. too to get something is, that yeah. doesn't mean something or you exactly. don't find meaning yeah. in it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Are you close with your siblings, including your older sister too? you all very yes. close it sounds like you guys vary in age maybe but we're very close we're not very close in age me and my younger sister i think is almost it's almost four years like three years and like a three fourths of a year and then for my brother my sister my brother um i think like a year and a half maybe a year and a half year and three quarters um and then my older sister and i is 13 years so it's like a, it's kind of a big gap there <laughs> but and she already has it Shari has two kids now, so it's kind of, it's crazy. Oh, so you're an uncle. Yep, I'm an uncle. I have a niece and a nephew. My nephew, I think, is like turning four this year, I think. Yeah, he's turning four this year, and then my niece will be turning one this year. I think we talked about this last time, but your name is actually the name that was given to you. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. So my name... I think out of the three of us, out of my siblings and I, I think my name is the only one that is actually like my real, actual proper birth name. My sister's hers was given 
by her orphanage like a lot of other adoptees um, because they weren't left with a note, you know, and um, mm -hmm. my brothers, I think, may have also been given by the orphanage because he was also mm -hmm. abandoned. He was abandoned in the bathroom when he was, like, I think, like, five, four, four or five, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, so I, I was left with a note. I was left by, I think, by an elevator at the bottom of uh, an apartment complex. Um, and I think someone found me, from, from what I was told, someone found me, took me to the police station. And I think from there, I got taken to the orphanage. I don't really remember that story that much because right. it was told to me like, like many, many times when I was young, so. Yes. Yeah, but, it's a, I think all the stories that we are told sort of influences what we remember. You and your siblings get this too and being, and adopting, I guess, I want to say even three years old or older, you always ask, do you remember before in the yeah. early years? Yeah, Maybe. that's that's the common question that we all get. And then another common question is, are you guys related? I'm like, uh, what is that supposed to mean? Like, I mean, biologically, no, but we're siblings. Like, yeah. and then I will say that the one question I really, really hate when um, when I was in school was people like, oh, are those your real parents? I'm like, what do you what do you mean by real like like yeah they're my real parents no i mean i kind of sometimes want to be like no they're just figment of my imagination like yeah. uh, just i think i don't think i think people also confuse real and biological like i think they well right. no i think they put those things put those words together mm -hmm. they use them interchangeably when they're very they're two very different meanings you know, they have two very different meanings where are you now physically yeah. are you where in the u.s are you now uh seattle i'm in seattle right now you're in seattle oh that's right you grew up in la and then you went to mm -hmm. seattle you are a guy adoptee like you're a chinese guy and so there's already the yeah. underlying political aspect of all that too is there any yeah. questions you think because i feel like you've heard it all too i'm sure but are there any questions that you and your younger brother get that maybe your sister doesn't just because you guys are male versus female? I can't really think of anything on, on off the top of my head, but I don't, well, I don't, I don't know if he has, because that's like, he's not, both my siblings, they're not very like into the adoption thing. They're more kind of like, they just accepted it and don't, not saying that like people, people say, or not, I'm not saying that people like who, I use their use their adoption as their identity like is a problem but right right because it's not because I mean if that's like if you want to like do more searching of that then go ahead you do you but both my siblings both my younger brother and younger sister they have kind of come to the point like they accept it and they're not really interested in looking searching more into it like they just kind of take take it as it is and will basically you know they just want to go with how it goes I think I've notice that trend quite is actually pretty common amongst adoptee siblings that the older the younger siblings usually aren't interested in their adoption but the older ones mm -hmm. are i don't think i've heard yeah. or met the opposite yet yeah i mean and like and i've even tried to talk to both of them about it they're like it's like are you interested in adoption or, i mean are you interested in like you know searching more about adoption and trying to understand it and they're like well my sister's like no I'm not really interested because like it is what it is and then my brother's just like no I'm not interested at all you know and I think a lot of that kind of comes from again like both our both our, our parents were very open about it and like I mean I think they were interested in it when they were younger but now they're just kind of like eh, you know it is what it is and on top of that I think 
one thing I do, I do see a lot on these various adoption groups, adoption groups on Facebook and just, just everywhere. Like people, you know, always, I don't, I wouldn't say necessarily complain, but they, they do say that they kind of wish they had gone back to China a few, mm. uh, at least once. And that's something that my, my siblings and I were very fortunate to do because we each, basically we each went, about, went back on top of going back, go get or adopt our siblings. Yeah, I went back once prior to adopting my sister and I went back with my parents to adopt my sister. My sister and I went back prior to adopting my younger brother. Then we went back to adopting my, or to adopt my younger brother. And then we went back again because basically my parents wanted us to go back at least once by ourselves. <laughs> For me, I've been back five times, but the last time I was there was when swine flu was a really big thing. And that was what, like 2010? 11 yeah a yeah. long long time ago so yeah. i haven't been back since then and i really really do want to go back again sometime whenever the pandemic is over and it's kind of crazy because like over the, the five times i've gone i've gone we've gone to uh, beijing every single time and every single time looks a lot different and it's just constantly changing and one thing i do i will say that was really fun though with with going back to china is like when we um we found out that it's actually a lot cheaper and I mean, it's not, it's not as quick, but it's a lot cheaper to, um, to ride the trains going mm, yeah. uh, to the various cities because, and it's also a lot cheaper too. Um, it's a lot cheaper. It's a, it's a little bit slower, but it's, it's a lot cheaper and you get to see a bunch of the uh, China's countryside, which is, which is kind of insane. And so when you ride the trains, the overnight trains, there's, you can choose between hard sleeper and soft sleeper. Really, the difference between the, the only two differences, the main two main differences are, hard sleeper um, gives you six six beds and no door, and soft sleeper is only four beds and a door. I think we only did like hard sleep, or soft sleeper like once, but uh, hard sleeper is a lot e easier because when uh, one of the times we went back, my grandma came with us, my dad's mom came with us. Mm -hmm. I think that's when we adopted my brother, and you do also get to eat some crazy food, like oh, crazy good food. It. So. <laughs> have you been back to China and do you want to go back so yes to both also five times holy and to the same you would always go back to Beijing because that's also where you, is it both your siblings are from there too or was one of them no, not? so so I'm I'm from Beijing my sister's from Xinyu, I think Jiangxi province mm. and then my brother's from Nanning so I'm north my sister's middle then my brother's south so would you guys fly into Beijing or would you fly into other areas of China and then take the train there? I think we'd always, actually, I think we'd always fly into Beijing because it was the biggest airport and the easiest one to get to. I think with my brother, I think we did, we stopped in Jiangxi, I think, to, for my sister. And then we took the train down to Guangzhou. Yeah, Guangzhou, and then we also mm -hmm. then took the train from Guangzhou to Nanning. Whoa. Yeah, it was a lot of traveling, but yeah, it was yeah. really fun. So. What ages were you when you went back those five times? Because I guess you basically oh, uh, went on a trip in between each, like having one when your siblings come home. Like you, yeah, basically I think, went... yeah, and I. So I think this. I think the first time I went back was. Hold on, now I gotta I, now I gotta like, remember now because I'm not really sure if I did actually go back before adopting my sister. Oh, I didn't go back before prior prior to adopting my sister. That's mm -hmm. actually, and that's that's actually how. Sorry. I didn't go back after I was adopted because my parents wanted to 
wanted to take me to uh, Sweden. So I went to Sweden. And then on in that trip, we went to Iceland and France and then Sweden. And then we went back to visit one of my mom's friends in Maryland or whatever on the way back home. We I went back, I think I was, when we adopted my sister, I think I was seven or eight. I was seven or eight. Um, and that was the first time I went back. And I think that's when my parents re uh, regretted not taking me back sooner because they saw like how, I guess I, how I was reacting to just being back and stuff. And they... We're just like wow i think we should we should have brought you back a lot sooner so i think it was like maybe another two years and then we went back to beijing or back to china in general with mm -hmm. my sister we went and then it was in 2008 i think yeah spring of 2008 when we adopted my brother and then the, the last time we were we went back to china was the, was his second time or his first time back so I guess all that yeah, Saturday Chinese school came in handy. Because do you speak Mandarin now? But I'm assuming you spoke it when you kept going back too. As a uh, I don't speak it. I only know a few phrases now. But when I was doing it in school, I mean, when I was younger, like before, before my teenage years, I was very fluent in it. And there was actually at one point in my life where I was doing school seven days a week because I think this was going up until like seventh grade. And I was doing regular school, obviously, from Monday to Friday, and then uh, Saturday Chinese school, and then Sunday's uh, speech school. And that's another thing that, like, prevented me from doing sports, and I was like, wow, this sucks. You did Chinese school and Swedish school? Mm hmm My, my older sister's half Swedish, and so when I, when I was growing up, I spoke Swedish with my dad. Chi obviously, so Mandarin was my first language, obviously, and then I learned English and Swedish simultaneously. But I picked up on the Swedish a lot quicker than I did in English. So technically, English is my technically my third language, I guess you could say. Oh, so do you speak Swedish now? Like Swedish and English now? Yeah, I'm way more fluent in, in Swedish than I am in Mandarin. So. Wow. Okay. Because you were saying that you went back to like Sweden and Norway, and then came through Maryland on the way back. I was like, that's a yeah. interesting <laughs> travel itinerary. Yeah, I mean, it was all my parents plan I guess well more, most of my mom's hand but yeah no it was, it was fun I mean and I think I've been back and the reason why I was Sweden because like my sister's family lives there and I think I've been back there five times too I think mm -hmm. six times I don't know but last time I was there was when I was uh doing my exchange back in 2018 or the, the fall of 2018 and hands down probably the best time I had in, in college if I could do it again I'd do it again <laughs> Oh, you so, went there for some like study abroad too. Yeah, you studied abroad for exchange. Yeah, so it was it was really fun. I mean, and being there is it was interesting because like right from the start, like the Asian population in in uh, Sweden is very low, but the popular Asian population Asian male population is even lower. So seeing, I think I definitely surprised a lot of people when I was there when I because I knew because also I'm studying Swedish in school. Basically, I was continuing my studies in Swedish, um, but since I was studying Swedish in school and was talking to my dad in Swedish up until, you know, I guess just recently, like, I was fairly fluent already going there, so people were very surprised because most people who go to Sweden don't know any Swedish. Like, they only know maybe one or two words, but, like, I was conversational. I could, like, ask for things. I could order, you know, I could ask for things, order things ask questions you know and I will and it is interesting because when I did speak to people 
they would just kind of look at me very oddly, not in like the, oh, he's being weird kind of thing, kind of yeah. way, but more kind of like trying to figure out where I was from because I was clearly not a Swede, yeah. right? Because I don't look very serious because the Swedish people are tall, blonde, blue-eyed people. And my accent was kind of mixed between like a Stockholm accent and American accent and like whatever else accent I guess there was. But so it was just a very confusing sight for a lot of Swedes when they saw me. I feel like you just talked about the experience of basically when white guys speak Chinese or another Asian language and they get that same look to language. Yeah, well, and and the thing is like most Swedes, when they see any any foreigner, they just automatically switch to English. Right. I'd say like 98% of Swedes speak English, like like perfectly, perfectly English. So actually when I was in Uppsala, which is I was uh, doing my exchange at, uh, there was this like Asian market and uh, there was a Chinese guy who was running it and it's is i thought it was really interesting because his swedish wasn't very great my chinese wasn't very great so <laughs> we would speak a lot of like broken swedish chinese it sounded very weird because both languages are very different from each other and yeah. have very different kinds of like tone like pronunciations and and tones and just pronunciations and stuff and it's just like didn't really it sound it sounded not great to be honest it was just cool to be able to communicate with someone not just solely in their in their language I think there's a pretty big Chinese adoptee adoptee population in Norway and Sweden, actually. Oh, and I did actually meet a a Swedish Chinese adoptee, actually, when I was there. Oh, snap. Or her family, her parents lived down southeast Sweden. Um, So I took a day, because at that point I hadn't moved into my place yet. So I was living in Stockholm with my sister. And so I took the train down. It was like a really nice day trip down. It It was really cool meeting her, and it was really funny because... When we when we met up, she was like, "Do you want to do this in English or Swedish?" I'm like, "100% Swedish." Yeah. So like like you know, talking. So immerse yourself. Right. Exactly. So another thing with like you know me and traveling, like I try I, I like to try to fit in and you know try to like blend into like you know locals, mm-hmm. and I think that was one thing that like kind of made it easy to blend in with the locals, which is you know, speaking their language and not really. Oh, yeah you know, not acting like a stupid American <laughs> or, or a loud American, but, you know. You know, your parents are open about adoption, of course, and having younger siblings who are also adopted. It's always been in your dialogue, I guess, in your life, mm-hmm. too. Was there like a certain age you reached where you started to talk to adoptees outside of your family? Um, Actually, I think the, well, so when I was, yeah, when I was younger, when we were in LA, we, yeah, my mom, well, a lot of the stuff when I say my parents it was really my mom who did a lot of the work. My dad didn't really care very much in terms of like adoption related stuff. We were part of an FCC group. Um, oh, yeah, I don't remember yeah. what it stands for, but yeah. Um, so we would go to some of those events, and the only problem with that was, again, I was literally the only dude there. So I was just like, "This is stupid. I don't want to be here," because I couldn't <laughs> get. I didn't get along with anybody there because everybody was like all women or I guess girls. And they're all talking about like Barbies and, you know, just like the girly stuff. And I was like, I don't <laughs> want to talk about this. I want to be rough. You know, I want to be on a rough house with people. And I want to like, just like, I don't know, just do things, do, do things. little boy things, you know, boy um, things. you know, boy things, but yeah. And, and that's, uh, so we did that for a little bit. And then I think, um, oh, and actually one of, one of my friends, who I would just consider her as a sister, actually, she and I were adopted at the same time. Because in our adoption group, we were both the oldest. Everybody else, all of the other, all the other girls were babies. Like they were all just mm-hmm. infants. Yeah, yeah. Like the pictures you know, of like, 
a bunch yeah, of and, babies and then you two, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and she and I are only uh, she's only six months older than I am actually, and and we and to this day we are still friends, even though we haven't lived in the same city since we were both eight, yeah, seven or eight. I think well, she was like I guess, really the only other person I talked to outside of my, my family who who was also adopted. But I think I found I slowly found more people. I think actually starting college, like one of my one of my classmates in my bio class, she was adopted, and I think I kind of like kind of could feel it out a little bit because of the way I don't know it's just like I don't know I don't know if you do this like I just when I see someone like anybody who doesn't look like they I guess they fit in their like stereotypical like setting I guess the question pops up oh I I might they might be adopted I don't know and so I I actually asked this girl or this woman who my classmate who I was like are you are you by chance adopted because of the way that she was acting and just I guess her mannerisms and just also kind of, I guess the way she's dressed too. And she was, she said, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So I think it's just like, there's just certain small details. I think that I kind of noticed from people who I think, who I just, I don't want to assume. So that's why yeah, I ask. Yeah. And I only ask because I want to say, oh, I am also too. I'm not going to be like, oh, you're adopted. That's cool. Like, that's weird. You know, when people ask me mm-hmm. if I'm adopted, I'm like, mm, sure. Yeah, I am. But like, why does that matter to you? You know? Unless you're gonna say you're an opportunity, I'm like, okay, cool, you know, like yeah, and it's I immediate. Yeah. I know it's kind of, it's funny how that works. Yeah, when we ask another Chinese person if they're adopted, they are. It's like, oh, okay, I'll talk to you. But if it's like they're Chinese American or they're Chinese yeah. students studying, there's like a little, oh, it's like there's another layer of, okay, never mind. <laughs> I don't know. You feel more yeah, connected yeah. to people who obviously are adopted, and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. And I will say actually. I guess going back to your question about if has my brother and I like have my brother and I like been asked questions on my sister by one. Um, I think I don't I can't speak for my brother, but I think for me specifically, like one thing I've been told many, many times and really, really annoys me is that people people say that your my English is really good. They're like, Oh wow, your English is really good. I'm like, and your point? Like and then and then another one is like they just assume that. I'm not Chinese, they assume I'm, I'm Hawaiian or Filipino or Vietnamese. Like they, they assume that I'm anything but Chinese. So those, I guess going back, yeah, that kind of answers your question about like if I've been asked random things, you know, or I've been asked things my sister hasn't been asked or I guess assumed. Yeah, I can't say that other like Chinese adoptee women and girls that I've spoken with usually they are asked if they're like Filipino or Korean or like some other Asian, but I don't think they've ever gotten like Hawaiian or not that I know. Yeah, and I think I guess the Hawaiian part kind of comes from like especially in the summers because I do work outside in the summers, so I get Mm. really dark. So I guess in a way it makes sense, but it just it gets kind of annoying because actually there was this one time when I was working at my restaurant job, this dude was like, yeah go ahead oh you were telling the story about you were working okay. at a Russia job and some guy started to talk oh, to you yeah he started talking to me about freaking like Hawaiian culture I'm like why are you talking about Hawaiian culture like I don't I, what, what does this have to do with me because so and it was one of those places where you get your, your food in line right you get your food in line and then you pay at the end so what he he was like while I was giving him his food he was just like oh yeah there, there's this about Hawaii and there's this about Hawaii I'm like okay and and like what do you want me to say you know and, and he waited the thing that kind of pissed me off was the fact that he waited to the end to ask me like 
you're Hawaiian, right? I'm like, no, I'm not. Great that you know all this about all this about Hawaiian culture, but like, not, none of this pertains to me. Slash, like, I don't really care. Like, I was gonna say, I guess you could. I guess you learned something new about Hawaiian culture that day. I guess I did, yeah. But and probably not not to your surprise, he was also white. So you know, uh, white yes. people try to act like they're they're culturally uh, educated. I don't know. I just like it's a toss up. There are white people who definitely are, and there are definitely ones who are not. So <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, and I think when it, I mean, I don't know, it's just like I think white people just want to try to sound like they're educated or sound like they know what's up. When really, like, stop. Like, we can see right through you. Like. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what happened, yeah. but I just started talking to myself, which I do. So the last question I usually ask, because I think it's a good segue to the end and could bring out another conversation, but is, is there anything you'd like to hear from other adoptees? I'm sure you want to hear from other guy adoptees. Maybe, maybe not. That's an assumption, but you can clarify. Anything you'd like to hear from other adoptees or others who adoption has become a big part of their life? Yeah, um, I think actually I started, I think it was in August of 2019, August or September of 2019, I actually started a, a male adoptee group, like message group what? that kind of died out actually, because I think it just, I don't know, I, I think I, I, I hadn't thought it would be like cool that like we could just talk about dude stuff, like dude problems, but it just kind of died out because I think there was this one specific person who kept posting really disturbing memes and just disturbing images i'm just like okay maybe not Aww, continue man. This. so that kind of died out but there is another guy that i've been talking to uh he's adopted from hong kong mm-hmm. um and he has a sister who's also adopted from hong kong i think him and his sister are biologically related um i might be wrong on that one i'm not sure though but um for him he has he's for him and his sister it's kind of like a it's one of those odd um, or not odd, but like more like uncommon situations where his dad is actually Chinese or is yeah Chinese American. Mm, his okay. mom is white. Yeah. So he's sort of kind of been like raised like authentically Asian, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah. But to answer your question though, I think like what I want to hear from other people, I think it become or adopt other adoptees. I think um I don't know. I just like. I, li- I just like hearing other people's stories and seeing like what, you know, I guess just, yeah, just really mainly just hearing other people's stories because um, everybody's story is going to be different. I was just going to say, you were talking about sports stuff and you finally did. So what sports stuff are you into now? Do you actually play sports now? Okay. So yeah, I wasn't able to do sports up until like high school or I guess eighth grade, but sports I've been doing right now are I row and I sail. Um, and then I also ride, uh, I also cycle, um, to, to get to those various things, I guess. I wouldn't really necessarily say it's, it's a sport. It's more kind of like my hobby and I just use it as transportation, um, or commuting or whatever, but I've been sailing since I was nine and I've been running since I was 13. So actually coming up on 10 years. So. Okay. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting something like, oh yeah, I'm really into like soccer or something. Well, I mean, I, I tried, so actually I tried playing soccer for my middle school in sixth grade. I tried out as being a goalie and my mom was like, nope, you can't do this because you have Chinese school. Cause if the games, she's like, uh, she's yeah. like, if the games are on Saturdays, you can't do it. I'm like, really? Like the coach really likes me. He wants me to be able to play on the team. I'm just like, I'm sorry. 
you have Chinese school. And I'm like, I don't want to do Chinese school. And she's like, too bad. And she's like, tough shit. You still got to do it. I'm, like, I'm not asking you to waste your money on Chinese school that I don't want to do, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I guess in a way, like I've done very like affluent white people sports. But... It's like sailing. How do you, does one get introduced to sailing? Was your dad into it or somebody else? No, just... I was just, I've always been in- interested in boats. So I, I, I learned how to sail, I think. I started learning how to sail when I was like nine and, or when I was nine. And I think a year and a half after that, I started racing. So I started getting like competitive with it. I haven't really raced since like, since like a couple of years ago because I temporarily was on the, um, on my school's uh, sailing team. Mm. But I figured that that was really clicky and I just didn't like the people on there. So I was just like, you know what, I'm out. I'm dipping, I'm eating. <laughs> yeah, you eat out there. But no, I think I will say that I think it is it is very being being one of the very few per- people of color in both of the sports. I guess in a way it had its perks because most people would know like who I was because they were like, oh look, it's that one Asian kid, you know, because everybody else is white. So like to me, it's not. I mean, everybody honestly sometimes looks the same. I don't know who knows, <laughs> but. I mean, if they can say that about Asians, then I can say that about white people, right? Like, <laughs> all white people look the same. Most people knew who I was, and I was, and it, I just enjoyed doing both of those because both of those activities made it, you know, like, they make me, like, I de-stress. I can, like, be in my own little world. I can just think about what I'm doing right there, right then, and not have to plan for, like, something that's going to be due or, or you know, I don't have to plan for projects. I don't have to plan for stuff in the future I can just literally focus myself and what I'm doing right like what's right in front of me so those are those are my two sports that I've done it's cool well, I'm glad you were able to do some sort of athletic yeah. event yeah I mean and my brother's the one who does soccer so he did he did baseball and soccer uh-huh. but he did the more stereotypical like the more typical like popular sports um and then my sister did she did she did, she did soccer she did fencing she did tennis She's one of those people who did a lot of various things because she just wanted to try them out. She never actually stuck with it. She also did rowing. She also did, oh, but my sister, my, my brother also did uh, sailing. Most of my siblings did sailing. And actually at one point, my siblings and I were, were the sailing team at the place that we sailed at. Uh, what else has she done? I think she did, no, I think that was it. Sailing, rowing, tennis, and fencing. Wow. I feel like this is one of the most I want to say blunt conversations, which is really cool. I like these. I It's great to hear somebody else voice a lot of things I think of too. One, that they always have that those people in groups who sometimes just make it not fun anymore. <laughs> no matter what yeah. kind of group or community, you, you do have those people no matter what. Yeah. Another that everybody's got issues with their family and no, yeah. we all got to work through that stuff. Exactly, we do. And it's just, it's annoying because like, you know, I, because, so with my mom, like, I, I wrote a letter to her, basically laying out how I thought about the whole situation, right, and, wow. like, she and I, so she and I have had, have had, have had issues since 2012, because mm-hmm. that's when her mom was diagnosed with cancer and also passed away, like, mid-January of 2013, so ever since her mom passed away, she's not been the same person she has been, she was when I was younger, and so she's put a lot of the stress that she has had from work and her mom passing away on me, obviously, because I'm the older kid, oldest older, kid, right? Yeah. And, well, I'm her oldest and whatever. And the thing is, I think the way I see it is my dad 
like both my parents are very at very opposite ends of the spectrum. My mom's too controlling. My mom cares too much. My dad doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. Like he, he's like, eh, whatever, do whatever you want. I don't really care. You know, as long as you're not hurting, you're not hurting yourself or others. And I think, and the reason why for him, he's already gone through this, right? Like he, he has an old, he has a daughter already. He's already gone through this with her. He doesn't, he's right. not worried that I'm going to make the, you know, the dumb mistake, dumb decisions. Whereas my mom, like, this is her first time, like with her own actual child. And it's great that I, I get that you are worried for me, but at the same time, like you need to let me do my own thing. Like yeah, I'm 23. Yeah. I don't need you to be treating me like I'm a five-year-old. Like hard for I guess to empathize a little bit with uh, or sympathize for our parents it's hard to let yeah. go to it is and I mean and I, I mean and maybe she has on her end that she's dealing with I, that I don't know right but that doesn't mean that you need to put push all your issues and you know all your problems and your stress and anxieties on someone else like because towards the end before I moved out I was essentially her punching bag like I would just take anything that she didn't like or she was having trouble with it would just be put on me and I was like you know what I'm done with this I can't take it anymore I'm out so that's when I moved out and I mean I wanted to move out for the last at least two years but I didn't have the money I didn't have this enough savings for it so I just like had to wait it out but eventually now at a certain point last year I was like you know what I need to move out by the end of the year because this is, I just, and especially, and obviously, like, it got a lot worse with the pandemic, because yeah, quarantine, like, nobody left the house, um, you know, my mom was, started working from home, she didn't really leave the house very much, um, she got, like, super stressed out with her bosses and stuff, and there's just, like, all these very, various complications that, like, again, like, she would just throw on me, I, I assume, and want me to do things for her, or for other people in the family, I'm like, yo, like, I'm busy, like, I got a schedule too, so. Mm-hmm. In due time, you'll find what kind of relationship you want with your mom. And <laughs> exactly, yeah, so who knows. There's, what, like, what no rush right now, honestly. Yeah, but. and honestly, like, I'm doing great without her. <laughs> I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I am, like. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know if this sounds, like, bad to say, but, like, a lot of the depression that I have slash had was she was a big factor of it she's like mm-hmm. at least contributing to at least 50 percent of them you know and, and i did try to have a conversation with my dad about it and he's like i don't i don't believe that because he's like you know you're a terrible person to live with blah 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 i'm like all right well if, and that's one of the, another issue that i've had with my dad where both my parents will side with each other like mm-hmm. if one if one parent says oh you didn't do this and then the other one's like oh yeah you didn't do that and you didn't do this and you know they'll just add on to more things i'm like what are you doing like you're supposed to be a team. You're supposed to compromise. You're not supposed to just, you know, tag team each other and be like, or, or like make a per- one of your kids feel worse than they already do, you know? But anyways. I think what you were saying, a lot of people will hear and relate to. I will say, I think looking on stat, mm-hmm. people have complained about their parents. And I think that like, for me, like I've, wa- I've wanted to complain about my parents. And I mean, I have to my friends. Yeah. But the thing is, I think for other I think this is for other adoptees who are dealing, having struggles with their parents. And I know that may, not all of them are going to be able to leave the house and, and move out like I did. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is you just got to, you really just got to find a way to like get it, all your pent up stress and anger and just any, like have an outlet for that because you're not always going to be able to do what I did and be able to move out. But if you are able to like totally do it, because that's, that'll be very, very yes. vital for your mental health. Right. Oh, but yes. 
but if that's not if that's not an option then you need to find an outlet to get your stress and and anger and just everything that you feel is balling up inside you because that's because for me like I wasn't I guess I didn't really have an outlet for that until pretty much like last year when well we couldn't really do anything so that's when I really started uh cycling a lot more um Mm -hmm. I started rowing and sailing again and I was just like wow this is exactly what I need right now because doing those activities for me like doing anything physical for me personally like it makes me feel a lot better it makes me in a better like oh, yeah. in a better mood. yeah oh, and i mean i'm assuming it probably does that for a lot of other people too but again like just find an outlet because at some point like if you are just balling up and trying to bury your emotions and feelings for just in general about life like it's gonna it's gonna backfire it's gonna bite you in the ass oh, yeah. and probably the worst way to possible too so True. I guess that's my that's my word of advice for other that's awesome. just people in general, I guess. So well, actually, do you want to drop your social media for in case like other people want to reach out to you or talk with yeah, you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just my name. Um okay. and then the same for uh my Facebook too, if people want to reach out. Sweet. So it's Y I N J I N M M A I L E. Yep. And I'll put that in the notes too. Cool. Well, this was a pretty sweet conversation. We had a pretty nice conversation the first time, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I will say goodbye for now because I usually do keep in touch with people. And mm. yeah, I don't think that's, I think this was like a pretty fast, you unloaded a lot of content <laughs> in yeah, such like, yeah, a short yeah. amount of time that yeah. hopefully people are, will be able to follow along. But then they can reach out to you if they have anything to follow up, too. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, if people do want to reach out, like, don't, don't hesitate to because I will. I'd be glad to talk to other people, other other adoptees about just issues or stuff. So, and you, you tell it like it is. It's awesome. Yep. I will say that's. I think that's another. I I will say that's one of the, one of the good things I I think that have come out from my parents' parenting. We're very like, very low bullshit family. I guess like we're very <laughs> honest about things. So, you know, we got we got to say we say how it is. You know, we don't we don't hold back. Mm-hmm. At least that's that's me, I guess. But yeah yeah thank you for listening to abc if you'd like to share your story please reach out to adopted babies from china at gmail.com or adopted babies from china pod on instagram and facebook thanks for listening have a good day night wherever you are <laughs>